Transform your home in one weekend with paint from Menards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boys DuraClean Interior Paint and Primer in One offers Stay Clean technology, making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boys Easy Opening Smooth Pouring Container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. Save big money at Menards. Before sunrise, Burn Dairy and Deli is preparing to fuel your day with hot coffee, donuts, muffins, breakfast sandwiches, and other morning staples. For lunch, grab a giant deli sandwich made the way you like it. Pizza, wings, wraps, or a fresh salad. Plus, something to wash it down. Then pick up dinner or a sweet treat and other pantry essentials. Now you can get your Burn Dairy and Deli favorites delivered with DoorDash. All day, every day, you can count on Burn Dairy and Deli. It's all good. Hi, this is Jay Billis of ESPN, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. It is another edition of the ML Sports Platter all over the major platforms. Go ahead and download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review. We are brought to you by Camilla's Golf Club, Ken's Auto Detailing, Axe Exotic Pets, and our terrific, terrific friends at Chick-fil-A of Cicero and Clay. If you're in and around Central New York, two great locations, Route 11 in Cicero and, of course, Route 31 in Clay. They have it all. Everything on that menu I love, from the chicken tenders and the waffle fries to the sandwiches, all the tasty desserts. Their cookies are to die for. Unbelievable milkshakes. Tried the peppermint one uh, the other day. Absolutely can't miss there. Great Coke products. They'll cater your uh, meals at any time, your business lunches, etc. And oh, by the way, their breakfast is pretty darn good as well. Chick-fil-A of Cicero and Clay, a proud ML Sports Platter sponsor. Tip of the cap, thank you as well to the Swan and Whitaker families for their support of the ML Sports Platter. Well, Michigan had an unbelievable win over Ohio State. It was such a monumental win for Jim Harbaugh, for the Wolverines in the school, etc., all the alum, all you know, the, the the huge alumni base they have, and the huge fan base that they have, and there is no bigger Michigan fan than my man Kevin Rich, who also is doing some great things out in the Capital Region as the market president for Town Square Media, uh, an unbelievable cluster of radio stations. He did an amazing job calling. The horse races from Saratoga this year as well. You can get him on Twitter at krich23. The biggest Michigan fan I know. What a win for Big Blue, krich. This was a moment for you. You were there. They beat Ohio State finally. They're a national championship contender. Welcome back to the podcast, man. And let's talk about this great atmosphere and game, buddy. How are you? Happy holidays. I was going to say, I'm on cloud nine, my friend. I'm finally coming down a little bit. But uh, epic weekend in the big house and a uh, very, very big, big win. Okay, before we get to the win, what it means, Harbaugh finally getting over the hump, Ohio State, all that, the atmosphere, I mean, if you're watching that game, like, I, I was glued to the game, obviously. The snow, the rivalry, the stakes, you were there. I mean, just take me through being there. Well, I mean, it was everything you could imagine. And I, I'm sure 
how amazing it looked on TV. It didn't do it justice um, in terms of actually being there, which was just an incredible experience. I mean, you know, I've been going to games since I was about five years old. I mean, I'm 36 now. I've seen 100 and probably 20 plus games at the big house. It was incredible. I mean, the, everything leading up to it, you know, all week, the excitement around the game, you know, landing in Detroit, driving to Ann Arbor, you know, walking around college game day, you know, everybody getting excited before the game and then walking in that stadium and the snow falling and the band performing. And it was just that cold weather, two teams that hate each other, you know, Bo and Woody looking down from the heavens. It, like it had every bit of excitement you could imagine and energy. And then the teams took the field and it was an incredible game. And I tell you, Mike, I've been to all those games I mentioned. It's definitely one of the top experiences uh, I can ever remember at that stadium. Okay, so what does it mean for, for I mean, obviously for Michigan, I, I, I mean, it means everything, right? I mean, you get over the hump, Harbaugh finally beats Ohio State. But I think the bigger talk is, I know it's easy to go right to Harbaugh, but Kevin, you know that this program, they hired Jim Har- Harbaugh to get into this particular spot, to get into a point where we can say Michigan football is back as a national title contender. Isn't that what this ultimately is about? Because... I think this team can win it all. I mean, they, they showed me against Ohio State that they're the real deal. They've got it on both sides of the ball. They can play physical. They can air it out. They can run the football. They've got a top five guy on the defensive line. I think this team's a legit national title contender now, and I think they're going to be in the playoff. I think they're going to beat Iowa this week. Isn't that what this is ultimately about? Michigan being in that short group, that top five to seven in football, that's at the top to win a championship. Well, I think that's a great point. I think it's I think it's both, right? Because, you know, the narrative on Jim Harbaugh has has consistently been that he can't win the big game. Yeah, he can't beat Ohio State. He struggles on the road against top, you know, ten or top twenty five opponents. Uh, you know, he's he doesn't have a great record against Penn State, Michigan State, all that. Everything he's done this year, I guess minus the loss uh, in, in East Lansing, he, he's completely deflected that narrative. He's turned that narrative off. Yeah. I mean, he went out and got this team. He outcoached Ohio State. Ryan Day had not lost a Big Ten conference game uh, since he took over at that school down <laughs> south. And Jim Harbaugh and that coaching staff, they completely outcoached Ohio State, and they beat them on both lines of scrimmage offensively and defensively. So, you know, the narrative on Harbaugh goes away, I think at this point, but I agree with your other point. I mean, this is what you expect. I mean, if you're a, if you're a Michigan fan, you know, the winningest team in college football in history, like they have struggled ever since Lloyd Carr retired and, you know, Brady Hoke, Rich Rod, you know, that didn't work. They bring in Jim Harbaugh. They expected uh, a lot, you know, for this team, but it takes a while. You got to build it up. You got to get your recruits in. You got to, you know, get out there and get that winning mentality. You got to get your quarterback, you know, all those things that we've heard about that have been, you know, negative uh, in regards to Harbaugh and this Michigan team. And they're putting it all together. And the team has said every year, um, the team says, you know, we're going to get better. We're going to get better. Well, they haven't done that. And this year they have, and they've come out, they've won the games where at times you say, Oh, all right. Like, They've got that lead. Can they hold on to that lead? And you're kind of thinking, oh, is this is this going to happen? Are they going to lose this game? And, and countless times this year, uh, they have come through and they've won the games that have mattered and they put themselves in position uh, to go to the Big Ten Championship game, win that game, and uh, make a serious run for a title. Okay, Harbaugh, 2015, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. Seven years as the head coach at Michigan. In that time... 
with all the struggles against Ohio State and all the struggles against Michigan State, let's be honest, out of the two, Ohio State's the big the big well that, that you have to beat. It's your rival. It's, it's happened for decades that they battled. Uh, it's just an unbelievable rivalry. The... <laughs> The, the 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 problem with Harbaugh and and the criticism to me always came back to one thing. Hello, Ohio State. How many people have beaten Ohio State? You just mentioned the conference success, Kevin. I, I totaled it the other day. They they've only lost maybe I think it's six, seven, eight games total since Jim Harbaugh took over, and a lot of those, you know, a few of those, I think almost half, if not half came in the college football playoff. So, okay, Jim Harbaugh, can't beat Ohio State. Well, nobody really beat Ohio State, man. So, like, I think that's an important thing to look at here, that eventually the way he's built it and the way Michigan has is, is, is done this, and Harbaugh's a great football coach, eventually you will win. And he, eventually he did win. Yeah, I mean, listen, teams in the ACC have been saying that about Dabo for a long time. Correct. Teams in the teams in the SEC have been saying that about Nick Saban for a long time. Yep. And you know, when you look at Harbaugh's record against Michigan State, he's three and four. But look at those four losses. You know, there was there was the one loss in the campaign. Michigan State was a really good team. Yep. Um, and it was Harbaugh's first year. And then you look at it and say, okay, what about those three other losses? COVID year last year. This year they had a 16 point lead on the road. They lost the game. Uh, after just a um, a bonehead fumble um, in their own, um, uh, in their own red zone, and then they had the year where they had the trouble with the snap on the punt, and uh, they lost the game in the big house. You know, a couple of those go the other way. Harbaugh's got you know a uh, five and two record, or even a six and one record against Michigan State, but yet these teams in the Big Ten have struggled to beat Ohio State. Ohio State has been a juggernaut, and that's what I think what was so impressive. Uh, in this win, you know, Ohio State's been upset. And, you know, there were games where they came out flat um, or games where there was, you know, a, a big play to beat them. But the way that Michigan dominated that game on Saturday was what was so surprising um, for fans, you know, watching the game and fans of college football that Michigan just beat them up at the line of scrimmage. And no one was expecting that. And uh, that was really what made that game so sweet um, for, you know, Michigan and for Harbaugh and for changing the rhetoric that, you know, there's another team in the Big Ten here uh, that could be competing here moving forward. Kevin Rich, Michigan super fan, of course, uh, doing some great things out there in the Capital Region for Town Square Media uh, as a GM. Um, Kevin, preview the Big Ten final for me. Yeah, you know, I think the the big question mark here in this game is, you know, no doubt Michigan, you know, should should be in a position here to, to beat Iowa. I, I mean, I think that's a lot of people going to this game thinking, you know, Michigan, you know, they're putting up more points per game. You know, they've been the better offensive team. They're a better defensive team. Um, but the question is, you know, how does this team come back after that emotion, you know, to go out and win that game? I mean, you could see it. They were storming the field. Um, Aiden Hutchinson, you know, in tears when he got to the locker room, you know, how big of a, of a win this was. You could see it on Hassan Haskins, who had a monster day five touchdown rushes against Ohio State. You know, this team is a 10-and-a-half-point favorite going into Iowa, first time they've been in the Big Ten Championship. Um, and, you know, here's a situation where how do you come down after that win and come back to earth and be ready to play? So this is an important, uh, you know, week here. You know, we're going to have the college football playoff rankings uh, here tonight. Expect to see Michigan number two uh, or number three. Um, you know, everyone's going to be reading the press clippings and, and all of that. So it's, it's going to be very important for the coaching staff 
um, to get, you know, with this team and get them down to earth and ready to play. So I think that's really the only intangible here. I think you put this game on the field. Um, Michigan should, shouldn't have a problem at all uh, beating Iowa. It's that little intangible of how they come off of this game that I think can make this game interesting on Saturday. Hey, emotional high to a possible letdown situation. I know right now is, is an alum of St. Bonnie. They were number 16 in the country. They win at Charleston. They beat three really quality teams. Then they lose at home to Northern Iowa and give up 90 points. So it happens in sports. That is certainly something that they'll have to pay attention to. You know, I've said for years, Kevin, that there are a lot of programs in college football that would die to be the Iowa Hawkeyes, right? I mean, they win in conference, out of conference, at home, on the road. They get upsets. They're well coached. They have an NFL pipeline. I look at Iowa without being Bama, Clemson, Michigan, Georgia, Ohio State, etc. I tell you what, man, there's a lot of programs, Power Five or, or, or Group of Five, that would like to be the Iowa Hawkeyes, I think. Yeah, Kirk Ferentz has done a great job uh, over the years there. That's an intimidating place to go play in Iowa City. You love what they do at the end of the first quarter with the wave um, to the Children's Hospital. Uh, but I agree with you. I mean, they've had big-time players come out of there and, you know, their teams play like every unit plays. The offensive line plays as a unit. The defensive line plays as a unit. The secondary plays as a unit. They don't need to go out and get the five-star guys. You know, they're doing really well with two and three-star guys and and graduate, you know, students, guys that came back for their fifth years. Um, that's been the mo for Iowa uh, over these years, and they always you know, seem to put it together and and win when it matters most. So I, I agree with you on that. That's a team that, you know, I, I think there's so much talk and excitement around the Ohio States and the Penn States and the Michigans and the Wisconsins and the Big Ten. And uh, there you have Kirk Ferentz in Iowa putting together yet another 10-win season and uh, getting themselves to a Big Ten championship game uh, with a chance to uh, knock off Michigan and uh, stop them from going to the playoff. By the way, I, I did add it up since Harbaugh was head coach has been head coach at Michigan. Ohio State has lost eleven times total, uh, but three of those times were in the college football playoff. One of those times uh, in that three loss group was obviously last year losing to, to Alabama in the championship game. I mean, Kevin, not many people have beaten Ohio State, you know. No, no, not many have, and it, it's going to be very interesting now too. Uh, you know. Some some of the rhetoric now switches over to Ryan Day. You know, hey, you know, you just went into Ann Arbor and you got, you know, <laughs> you, yeah. you got your butts beat in. Yeah. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. And I can say that as a Michigan fan, but I also can say that as a college football fan, uh, Michigan dominated that game they did. Um, in the trenches. And, you know, now there's some question marks on Ryan Day. How, do, how does Ohio State respond to this game now? You know, their season's done. Um, right now, they'll get a New Year's Six game, you know, probably play in the Rose Bowl. How many of those guys are going to play in that game? How many of them are going to sit out for the draft? Mm-hmm. You know, how does he get uh, this team, uh, you know, responding after that game? And how are they going to come out in that New Year's Six game? It's going to be very interesting to see. And it, it's it's so crazy how the rhetoric changes so quickly. Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, in terms of, you know, these coaches and, you know, how they get their teams prepared and how they respond after adversity. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how they rebound after that performance, which was um, lacking, um, but but not so much because, you know, they didn't come prepared to play, but because, you know, this team that had won eight in a row and it won 15 in the last 16, and they come into the big house expecting to win, uh, got beat in the trenches and got beat bad. 
Yeah, I, I think you bring up an amazing point about how things change quickly for head coaches. And by the way, Ryan Day, that's the second time they've kind of lost in that fashion where they've gotten pushed around. Oregon did it to them earlier in the year at the horseshoe. And, you know, that, that was uh, that, that was kind of the same, the same fashion. With Harbaugh and with these coaches, with all the pressure, all the money, all the glitz, all the glamour, is Harbaugh, I know... Prisoner in the moment, okay, let's cast that aside. Is Harbaugh, like, going to stay, do you think, at Michigan? Like, is he a long, is this a 15, 20-year type of thing for Harbaugh at Michigan, Kevin? Uh, I think I think that is evidence in what happened last year with his contract okay. and how this team has been performing this year and the coaches that he brought in and how everybody's been rallying around them and winning these games. I think that's a, a testament to the fact that he wants to be in Michigan. Uh, they, you know, they changed up his contract. Uh, you know, he took a pay cut um, with better incentives to win the Big Ten, you know, beat Ohio State. I mean, he, he took home a half million bucks uh, on Saturday by beating Ohio State, and he'll win a million if they win uh, the Big Ten championship game. Um, but, you know, he, he bet on himself. He said, fine, you know, I'm going to stay here. I'm going to take a bit of a pay cut. I've got more incentives to win the bigger games and, and I'm going to prove it. And, and so far he's done that this season. So I think he wants to be there. I don't think there's any other job out there that, that he truly would want to go to. Um, but listen, this is college football and we're surprised all the time. Who on earth thought that Lincoln Riley was going to leave Oklahoma and go to USC? Um, Brian Kelly just took a monster amount of money. Uh, to go to uh, LSU. And then the one that boggles my mind is the amount of money that Michigan State just paid Mel Tucker, who's been there for a year and a half, um, one of the highest paid coaches now because of that fear of loss. You know, oh, some team's going to go pick him up now. We got to make sure this guy is paid. How much has he really proved? Yeah, he went out on the the market and picked up a, a potential Heisman Trophy uh, running back, um, you know, in the transfer protocol. But at the end of the day, um, to see what some of these guys, you know, Brian Kelly's and Lincoln Riley's who have proved it a bit longer, yeah. some of the money that they're getting, it's just unbelievable. So I guess that's a long way of saying, Mike, that nothing would surprise me <laughs> as, it, as it relates to college football. And uh, I'm sure there are still NFL teams that are uh, drooling over uh, coaches in college football. And, and I'm sure Jim Harbaugh would be one of the ones that uh, they would love to, uh, you know, get in the league. I got a couple quickies for you. I'll let you run. Speaking of Lincoln Riley at USC and Brian Kelly at LSU, I actually think that these are two slam dunk program changers for both schools. And here's why. Lincoln Riley goes to USC. He's already recruited California great. The transfer portal, he's going to pull kids from Oklahoma. He's going to pull recruits who aren't yet at Oklahoma. Uh, he's going to run his offense there. It's glitz. It's glamour. It's the Hollywood thing. It's a brand. They're dying for USC to get back. USC is the Pac-12 team that they need. It's a traditional uh, major, major college football program, historical brand. They, you know, USC, when they're good college football, benefits obviously from it. And I think he's going to crush it at USC and bring them back. Then you have Brian Kelly, who a lot of people thought at LSU, on the one hand, Hmm. Do they need sort of a czar, a you know, dictator type of a guy, a guy with discipline, et cetera? Or do they need somebody who's going to kind of run more of a loose style still 
but be able to kind of keep the recruiting going. They meet it in the middle, in my opinion here. I think they get the best of both worlds because Brian Kelly was recruiting. He's already worked with Les Kevin at Notre Dame, as you know, because of the academic standards. Now he can go get the 2.5, GPA, even if it's that high. He can bring those guys in and work his discipline. I think both are slam dunks. No, I, I agree. I, I love the Lincoln Riley hire at USC. I agree a hundred percent with what you said. I mean that he is the, he is like the prototypical young coach that you would want to see go to Hollywood and live that lifestyle and get people excited about that program at USC. And I think it's really good for the PAC 12 because the PAC 12 has lacked a really strong USC um, since the mid two thousands. And uh, I think that he's going to come in there and, and his system is perfect and all that. Uh, I'm not completely sold on the Brian Kelly to LSU thing yet, although I'm still trying to, to put, wrap my arms around it since it just happened uh, later last night. Um, but it's be interesting to see, you know, who, who goes into Notre Dame now. I know Fickle's name has been thrown around. Uh, I know Iowa State's head coach uh, has been thrown around a bit, but uh, I'm not entirely sold on, on Kelly yet. Uh, at LSU, um, but I think your points are pretty valid there, and, and we'll see what they do uh, once they get to their programs. All right, finally here, okay, Michigan sports, pretty good time to, to, to be alive here for you, man. The Red Wings are, are back. You know, we, I, we've we talked about this for a long time. Stevie Iserman, you just put your trust in him, and away they go. That Raymond kid's fantastic. Uh, I, I love watching that team play hockey. You got Michigan football rolling. Michigan hockey is, what, number two in the country uh, my man, Owen Power, please get to the Sabres, please, and save them. <laughs> How about this just coming down seven minutes ago? I'm sure you got the alert somewhere. Javi Baez is now a Tiger. Six years, $140 million. I mean, things are things are working well for you here, pal. Well, let's not get too carried away. <laughs> the Red Wings are still a couple years away. Yeah, but they're, they're fun. Probably... What? They're fun. Oh yeah, no, they're fun, but they're they're not making the playoffs this year. No, they're and not, they're, but 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 they're, they're you can see it though. You can see what they're you can see the future. Oh yeah, no, and there's total trust in Steve Eisman. Um, but you know, in regards to 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 playoff contention, you know, they're still two or three years away. Uh, you know, the Tigers are probably another year or two away. Uh, the Pistons are abysmal, and the Lions oh, the Pistons don't get me started. I didn't so, even know the Pistons a, still play basketball. Uh, and Michigan fan, uh, you know, there's there's some struggle there. But as a as a Michigan Wolverine fan, um, that the fact that the football team uh, has a legit chance here to to you know go out and win the national championship if they take care of business in the Big Ten championship and get in the playoff. Uh, Michigan hockey's been incredible. Uh, that team's looking great. And uh, if Jawan Howard can get the young oh, guys, yeah. oh yeah, um, you know, playing a little bit better, you know, I think they're still trying to figure out uh, that rotation. Uh, with the young guys. And I'll tell you, Mike, I was in Vegas for the Roman men's basketball tournament. Um, first off to get 19 and 20 year olds uh, to go out to Las Vegas and play basketball, uh, you know, credit to the coaches to try to get their players uh, up and playing. Cause if you put me at 19 or 20 years old in Las Vegas, uh, I wasn't going to be very focused on playing basketball. I'll tell you that. But uh, I think at the end of the day, you know, that, that road trip really, took a toll on them, especially after a, a tough loss to Seton Hall a few days before it. So a uh, big game, you know, Big Ten ACC Challenge, uh, North Carolina. They go down to Chapel Hill tomorrow night, Wednesday night. Are uh, going to be really interesting to see uh, how, you know, a week of practice here, a week of trying to get things figured out, you know, how that Michigan basketball team comes out. But I think Juwan's got a lot of talent there. So, so yeah, as, as a Michigan fan between hockey, basketball, and football, 
uh, you're feeling pretty good. But I'm, I'm, I'm pumping the brakes a little bit on my Detroit sports teams, uh, although I am more optimistic uh, in the Red Wings and Tigers futures currently uh, in terms of what they've been uh, showing on the ice and what the uh, Tigers have been doing in the offseason. That's fair. I love Eli Brooks. I love Hunter Dickinson. I think that Michigan basketball team's pretty good. I still think the X factor is Musa Diabate. I really do. I, I think if he can provide, you know, 8, 10, 12 points a game, he can rebound the ball. He's versatile, just a little bit raw. But I think I think that team uh, I think that team will come together. I think they're going to be all right. Kevin Rich, Michigan super fan. Congratulations on the win. Continued success in the Capital Region. Uh, doing your thing as the GM of Town Square Media. I know you love the Breeders' Cup. We're at the end of the year. Happy holidays. Time is flying, and I hope your Wolverines in football. I think it'd be a great thing if they won it all. So I'm actually really rooting for them, my man. Thanks for coming on. No, I appreciate it, Mike. Go Blue. The Emerald Sports Platter is brought to you by our great friends at Stanley Law Offices, Bryant and Stratton College of Syracuse, and Brian Conboy of Mass Mutual New York State Tax Efficient Retirement Planning. Go with Brian today. He can put together a great plan no matter what your situation is. Advisors.massmutual.com. Brian Conboy, a proud ML Sports Platter sponsor. A tip of the cap thank you as well to the Allen Angus Pub, Brewerton Ace Hardware, and Welch and Company Jewelers. Huge thanks to Kevin Rich for coming on the ML Sports Platter all over the major platforms. Download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review. Hit me on Twitter, at Mike L Sports. This podcast is a part of the Believe Podcast Network. Go get them on Twitter and all the social channels as well. As I always tell you, enjoy the games. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.